Um, I mean, I guess I know some of the words. I only know maybe the first 10 words. Okay. Well, um, until we have the theme song, let's give it a go, huh? Okay. <clears throat> Sing me a song of the last that is gold. Say could that last be I. That's all I know. I think that's it. Outlander podcast. Drunk Podlander drunk cast and Outlander podcast. Welcome to the very first episode of Podlander drunk cast and Outlander podcast, um, where the whole conceit is we're doing what everyone else is already doing, which is drinking and talking about Outlander. Um, I'm it's the truth. That's what that's the only that's the proper way to watch Outlander, unless you don't drink, in which case that's totally fine. Um, I am Allison Shoemaker, and I am Julie Starbird, and uh, we're here with. Our friend Aaron, who doesn't get a microphone, nope, um, but it's okay. Up. He's just he's just here to ask questions about sexual innuendos and to occasionally um, wonder about Gaelic terms. And uh, who knows, maybe eventually he'll watch all the sex scenes and we can talk about that. Um, so we are gonna start with um, season two of Outlander after the second season, which obviously just started, wraps up. We're gonna go back and look at season one, um, so don't worry. Lots of conversations about that episode where they just bone for an hour, still to come. <laughs> so we're gonna kick things off with uh, episode one, which is called "Through a Glass Darkly," um, which I thought was great. Did you think it was great, Julie? I found it very interesting that there was a comma after glass. Through a glass, comma, darkly. That's all I have to say. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> um, so the big surprise in Through Glass Darkly is that uh, we begin in 1948. It was 1948, right? Right. He said 1948. Yes. Nice stranger on the road. The only man who you ever want to randomly stop and talk to you on the road ever. He actually said 1948. Right. Got to get that, those sweet extra syllables in there. Um, <laughs> The very, very nice man who somehow didn't run away screaming when he got <laughs> harassed by a woman in a costume from a, from a play um, didn't, and then had somebody yell, um, who won? Who won? Not um, referring to World War II. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he mentioned that it was 1948, which if you'll recall is approximately three years after the events of season one. Um, or the very beginning of season one, I should say. Um, and so we know, what do we know from that? What do we know about what happens to Claire based on the beginning of season two? We know that she's been gone for three years. Um, that's a very long time to settle into a new life with a hot-ass Scottish husband. Mm -hmm. That it's a, enough time to... Um, throw yourself into a religious rebellion. <laughs> it is enough time to keep yourself from continually getting raped or killed in a um, country and time that really didn't give a shit about you. So I guess it's just a long time to know that Claire is the luckiest person alive. Oh, except for all the things that are super duper unlucky. I mean, I guess it's lucky that she happened to get picked up in season one by a troop of roving Scotsmen, most of whom are either good-looking or tall, some both, and um, and one of whom happened to be super-duper hot and the her soulmate um, who needed immediate medical attention. <laughs> and, spoiler, is it a spoiler at this point? It can't be a spoiler. Virgin. Oh, yeah, virgin. The, the Luckiest person alive. I'm is sorry. a ginger virgin a jurgen? 
I think only they can refer to themselves that way. Jurgen? Yeah, we can't actually say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I work with a guy I've never met whose name I believe is Jurgen, and then I just said Jurgen, and then I got very <laughs> confused. Anyway, he's so a ginger virgin. Um, that's all I know about Claire. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting. Oh, this is a, a thing for you all to know. Um, uh, Julie has not read any of the books, even not though, one page. Even though her aunt attempted to talk her into reading them at was, was probably too young an age. Many years ago, she's like, "You should really check these out." <laughs> I'm sorry, that's pretty inappropriate. Yeah. Um, my my aunt tried to get me to read Stephen King's books. It's the same aunt who showed me Cujo when I was four. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about ants? I don't know. Aunt oh. Sue, you were the best. I miss you. Um, but it was <laughs> that was a bad movie choice for a young child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not afraid of dogs. I'd like to go on record as saying I'm not afraid of dogs. Um, so, anyway... Uh, so Julie has not read any of the books, and I've read them all, including some but not all of the novellas. So I'm that nerd. Um, I also got the Outlandish Companion. So, um, yep, sure did, sure did. Read the whole chapter on floor plans of the various buildings in the Outlander world. Anyway, um, point being that I know how book two starts, and Julie does not. And I had no idea. We will not be spoiling what happens in the books. Um I can't even talk about what happens in the books. I can only talk about what happens right. in the show. And what I can say is some things about adaptive choices that people who've read the books will understand and people who have not will not. Um, if you want to talk about the books, just find me on Twitter. Uh, our handles will be attached to this thing. Or mine. Julie, I'm going to have to make you join Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, so the other things that we know uh, are that the Battle of Culloden has happened or was about to happen. Uh, which we know the point of their trip to Paris and their uh, interactions with Bonnie Prince Charlie is to try to aim to stop the Scottish rising mm-hmm. from happening, the 45 from happening. Um, so uh, that would mean that it didn't go so well. It didn't work. Um, and we don't know yet how that would happen because obviously in the past they're still in France as the story is advancing, but I think we know from her yelling, who won, who won? That um, that she assumed the battle would happen despite their efforts, and that um, there was a chance that the Scots would still lose. So um, so we know that we know that she was very upset. We know that she has a <laughs> ring with her that seems to be missing something. She uh, appeared in the Ring of Dick Rocks uh, <laughs> in her old timey Scottish dress and saw a man's ring and then screamed like somebody was ripping out her throat it was really (laughs) she was very mad she was very upset very upset and then we come to the nice guy who tells her it's 1948 so we do know that she probably was in a level of stress before she came to the dick rocks so that's why i think that the battle was just about to happen or was happening and she had made a promise there was some implication that she had made a promise and we know that she's knocked up yeah, um, we do know she's preggers. But is not showing, as she also is currently not showing in France. So, God, then that's really interesting then, because as speaking once again, as someone who's never read the books, how long does that take? Because if she's already pregnant enough to know she's fucking pregnant, <laughs> and then we can't see it, I understand that the dresses are voluminous and such, but... That's got to be fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, 
this is one of the situations where I don't want to say much, but I think there are some questions about how much time elapses between. Is this an adaptive choice? It is an adaptive choice. Book okay. two um, does not begin in the same way that season okay. two has begun. Mm-hmm. And many of the things that happen at the beginning of season two also happen in the books, but at a different point. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so what I think what is left up in the air, and this is also true of the way book two begins in a totally different way, is how much time elapses uh, between her showing up in the circle of dick rocks and when she's in France. Like, how long mm-hmm. does it take her to all of a sudden be back in her Scottish clothes, um, appearing in the future and yelling who won at, at ha- nice passersby who are just trying to be helpful? A very natty passersby. Oh, yeah, very well-dressed. By well, the it was way, a different era. I need to throw a shout-out to Terry Dresbach. I really mm. hope that's the way her name is pronounced because she's so. a fucking genius in everything that she does is amazing she's the costumer she's great yeah after all that gorgeous knitwear <laughs> all that wonderful knitwear in I season wanted one every single scarf totally every scarf. and all those fingerless gloves and mm-hmm. all that gorgeous shit and then to land in france where you can see all the way down to her third rib <laughs> oh god that was bad i'm all those useless college dialect classes are not coming in handy <laughs> so the guy in the car yeah. that we see natty passerby is very natty and that is in contrast to her very rough-hewn, weird, homespun, homespun. <laughs> <laughs> nice clothes. So that's what we know. That's what I know as a viewer who's never read the books. And shes uh, we know she's wearing a corset mm. because later Frank burns it. Let's talk about <laughs> Frank. Let's. Um, Tobias Menzies. Uh, Menzies? Menzies? Menzies makes it sound like Menzies. Not sure. Menzies, um, whatever, however you pronounce Mr. Tobias's last name. Um, God, he really turned it out, didn't Fucking he? Fucking killing it. Golden Globe he nominee. killed it in this episode. Um, he was really terrific. It was nice. And we, obviously we left uh, season one spending some time with Frank. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Actual Frank. Or was that the mid-season finale? No, it was actual Frank. Where we were jumping back in time, and he there was that woman who was trying to extort money from him. Remember, oh, right. he almost choked a girl in an alley, and yeah, yeah. And the reverend was like, "Maybe you should assume your wife's dead." It's so really hard for me to even think about Frank, other than Black being Jack. blackjack now. Yeah, um, but it, I mean, I think one of the great things about casting the same actor is it really hammers home that this is a woman who not only was her husband brutally raped by this man, but she herself was violated attacked um harassed uh and traumatized by a person whose face is exactly the same as her husband's so she sees this man that while she might not be in love with him anymore obviously did love him at one point still thinks he's a good man was still trying to get back to him even after meeting blackjack even after falling in love with jamie was still trying to get back to the dick rocks so that she could get back to frank we're always trying to get back to the dick rocks, <laughs> who isn't trying to get back to the dick rocks um and uh so to see him back in like kindly distraught confused mode but so real and so honest and so quiet about it he's lived for how many years thinking she just left him i think it's three right so he maybe had just gotten to the point of giving up like yes my wife my wife left me Mm -hmm. all right fine and now here she is completely naked like metaphorically naked you can see that something has happened to her that it wasn't that she ran away from him 
and it's just a really great chance for this actor to a redeem himself because we've seen him do the worst the the the, the metaphorical worst he could do mm-hmm. and now to see him just be a real person who really loves this woman and who is really listening to her and really wants to support her and he just does an amazing job of it up and to the point where he breaks like it's just really good he's just honest and yeah. it's, it's because this show, when I was afraid when this show first started, just based on my cursory knowledge of the story, that it was going to be kind of soap opera-y and weird or whatever. And there are elements of that, but it's fun. But what really has kept me watching is how great the actors, the script writers, every, everybody involved in the show really is committed. And to see the actors continue to be so deep into this story, which is at a certain level completely ridiculous but mm-hmm. to buy in is it's refreshing and great and this guy really really nailed it in this episode yeah just terrific mm-hmm. and when you think about the acting that he did also really great mm-hmm. in the episodes at the back end of the first season when when blackjack and jamie were in the cell and he was brutalizing him mm-hmm. um and how gripping that was in a completely different way, horrifying, but not like in a scenery chewing way at mm-hmm. all, which is what really made it terrifying to then see him go through the process of welcoming back this woman who he thought was either dead or had left him, who doesn't love him anymore and is pregnant with another man's child. Actively disgusted by him, actually. Yeah, yeah. without say. knowing why. And I know, so they have that conversation that we don't Does she hear. tell him? I don't know. I don't know if she says, by the way, I met your ancestor and he's a son of a bitch. He's a sadistic asshole. I mean, if if she does, it would it would help explain why it is that he's so understanding about her hesitance. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wonder um, if that is something we'll find out. Because remember, mm-hmm. Frank, at the very beginning of this series, in the first episode, spends a lot of time researching his genealogy. And the reason she knows anything about Blackjack at all is she because... That. Yeah, because Frank was actively looking into him at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so obviously he knows about him and thought he sounded kind of cool and dastardly. And <laughs> no, actually, Mm-mm. he's the worst. Not cool. Yeah. Um... And then, uh, is there anything else when we're in uh, 1948 that we want to touch on? Mrs. Graham, the oh, awesomeness Mrs. Graham. of Mrs. Can Graham. Can we just hang out, Mrs. Graham? Oh, God, Can I really we just, want to. I like, wanted to read have my palm. In your, in your yard. Yeah, in her beautiful green sweater, which again, great costuming thing. She mm-hmm. and Claire looked somehow both like they were in the 40s and also in the past at the same time. I did have this question, and I voiced this to Allison earlier. How does everyone believe Claire about everything I understand that Mrs. Graham believes her because Mrs. Graham is already in that world kind of the Wiccan druid whatever world it is but like Frank maybe he had to listen to her talk all night but he kind of believes her Allison mentioned that maybe in the books that's not so clear in season one Jamie 100% believed her when she's like, I came here from the future. Oh, but only sort of remember because he takes her back to the Dick Rocks and she goes to touch Aaron is loving the Dick Rocks. Who doesn't love the Dick Rocks? Uh, Oh, yeah, Dick Rocks. Well, I mean, it's like a Stonehenge. You know what I'm saying? Dick Rocks. rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From one dick filled era to another. (laughs) Um, So uh, when he takes her to the Dick Rocks, and she moves toward them. She sort of faints and looks like um, 
she's about to get sucked through and he pulls her back. Oh, I remember that. So he actually saw actual proof, but Frank didn't see it. So he saw actual proof, but also, um, I think, was then convinced based on the way she physically reacted and may not have been beforehand. Like, believed her in as much as believed that she believed she was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And then Do you think that proof. that's where Frank stops, though, is that he Maybe. believes she I is... I cannot thinks. imagine that the show will not be addressing that moving forward. Of course. Whether or not Frank thinks she's telling the truth. And he does have, like, a physical fucking corset in his hands that, well, no, not anymore. Yeah, no, he's he burned that shit. <laughs> on that grill, on that grill that looks like, like those it. grills you see in a park that you never want Frank got use. his groove back. Yeah, Frank just burned that <laughs> shit. But he let her keep the ring. Thanks, Frank. Um, mm-hmm. And now she's in those comfortable, sensible Oxfords. That's excellent. But only for a short time. Only onto the plane to New York, then to Boston. But then, where are we now? Yeah, I wonder if she's going to go back to wearing some swinging fashions. I wonder if she's like, God, I really miss not having to wear underwear. I really miss those incredibly detailed corset things that would just like, Suck. Uh, probably not especially no. if you're pregnant no the baby's like what's with the boning oh hi i didn't even mean it in the boning way that time <laughs> i'm i thought well jamie's jamie's baby would have to contend with two different kinds of boning right mm-hmm. yeah um anyway uh so mrs graham point being mrs graham is great um i can tell you that that is something that does not happen in the books we don't see much of mrs graham after book one um which I think is a really wonderful addition, and that actress is so terrific. She's really good. And it's nice for Claire to have somebody to talk to that for sure 100% does not think she's insane. And then there's that. Or for 100% won't, like, hit her in the face, which for a moment you really think Frank is going to do. That was a great moment, though. Yeah. Um, And then there's that terrifying moment when the jets fly overhead. Yeah. That was really, that was actually a really interesting um, touch in the filming of the first episode is to really focus on the soundscape so much. Oh, yeah. To remind us that she's been living in a world for three years that has no cars, no planes, no radio um, you know, just no kind hot of showers. I no. bet she's ha- glad <laughs> about the hot showers. No ambient sound of any kind. And then all of a sudden she comes back and everything is extra loud. Like if you've ever seen the movie, the exorcist, there's this really creepy thing where they do where they like the sound design is always there, but it's kind of quiet, but it's all, it's unsettling. Mm-hmm. And that kind of felt, it was interesting uh, in a character development way, I think for her to, showcase that and remind us as the audience that she was not only dealing with being thrown back to the future tm but also (laughs) like dealing with the onslaught of what it means to live in a world where there's no silence right um directed by metin hussein i'm Mm -hmm. i I have no idea if i'm saying that correctly um but really well directed i think Mm -hmm. um just really great uh my yeah. husband watched this episode with me. He um, doesn't necessarily watch all the time. He didn't see the last half of season one, so he missed a whole bunch of the Blackjack character arc of season one. But he was really intrigued. I told Allison, we talked about this earlier. He was really intrigued. He made me pause it when Frank had his freak out. And he said, does this make storytelling easier? Does it make it easier for us to side with Jamie over Frank because we see that Frank has Blackjack? deep within him and I said I don't know man he's been through a lot Mm -hmm. this is really intense he got really excited this is hard for him and then in the next scene when he's with father 
Wakefield. Father Wakefield. Reverend Wakefield. Reverend Wakefield, sorry. That he, we realize that he's uh, infertile. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, oh. Yeah. No, it was great. Yeah, Tobias Mensa. Mensa? Mensa. He's got an IQ of over 210. His IQ in my heart <laughs> is even higher. Um, he's great. He did an excellent, excellent job, as did all of the actors in this episode, I think. Um, and then he reaches out his hand to help her off the plane. He says, one more step. And she steps right into France. And there we are. Just re- just in France. Just fucking A. Do you just, like, go from not having a corset on to having a corset on? Like, do you just feel that? Is it just like you step through air and all of a sudden you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's what it, what it felt like for Catriona, Catronia, Catronanon. Catronanon. Balfrey. She's This awesome. Gaelic shit I don't get. I She's know. amazing, though. She's terrific. <laughs> um... Anyway, I bet she was always like, oh, great. Can we shoot some 1940s scenes for a while? Because yeah. I really oh, like God. to wear some I like to clothes. breathe. <laughs> um, uh, but then we get another crash course in Claire maybe not being a particularly good time traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a profoundly moral person, a very brave person, uh, an ext- obviously extremely skilled person, a compassionate person. Um, but a lot like I actually also just covered for the AV Club um, 1122 63, the Stephen King adaptation that was on Hulu. And um, James Franco's character, Jake, is a terrible time traveler. He's a really, really bad time traveler. And it was so interesting to see a show acknowledge that, like, there are ways to time travel where you might be pretty good at it. And that's not one of them. And I I think Claire (laughs) is sometimes pretty good um, in some of her interactions with people she has any information about. She's pretty good. She's obviously... um, very smart and capable and understands how to influence people and tr- um, get people to love her or to fear her. Based I'm on constantly surprised that she's not getting her ass beat continually. Well, I am constantly I mean, surprised. She does have Jamie every before once in a while stepping up and saying, hey, um, don't mess yeah, with Yeah, but lady. before Jamie, like, she really escaped a lot of things well, that women remember, back then would not have been able to escape. But pre-Jamie, they all thought she was a spy. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to figure out what she was doing and what mm-hmm. she was there for. And she, you know, did get the crap kicked out of her by old blackjack. She did. She remember did. when he just punched her right in the stomach? Yeah. It was the most shocking punch in the stomach I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, so but she, typically not very good at time travel. She drinks yeah. too much. She talks too much. Hey, speaking of drinking too much, this episode is brought to you not through sponsorship because it's our first episode ever, but by our first can was Revolution's Fist City, which is an interesting. Oh yeah, and Julie just opened her uh, Tall Boy Miller Light. Yeah. Um, but Fist City is an interesting title when we were just talking about somebody getting punched in the stomach. <laughs> um, it's a delicious pale ale. Uh, it's also what we drank as we watched episode... No, I guess not. It's what episode I drank two. when I watched episode two the first time. No, no, that's right. We had Miller, Miller Light. Light. Anyway, and we'll be moving on to Tall Boys and Miller Light, a classic. A lot <laughs> like Jamie Fraser, a classic. Very tall classic. A very tall He's classic. He's not really that tall, though. We we'll just get, we'll, get, we'll, right, we'll go on to heights. Um, the Outlander cast is surprisingly tall for people on television. <laughs> That's what we learned from the old internet. They're all tall. She's 5'10". That's my height. Actually, it's a little bit taller than me. I'm, by the way, very tall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, what happens when Claire gets off the boat in in France? 
they're hanging out on the docks. And they then immediately get uh, a job and some money. Jamie shows off his back. Once again, just let me say this. I mean, that back goes a long way, but possibly Claire, luckiest person ever to live. Uh, except for all the ways she isn't, right. I'm just saying, though. You go to Paris, his cousin owns a wine merchant thing, and then all of a sudden you have a house in Paris. Yeah, like, with servants. Which I she mean, doesn't... Oh, that's the next episode. She doesn't really care for the servants. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so they're there. They're there. And they live in Paris. And, and she, they have a shit ton of money. And she gets to make all her own dresses. And all the dresses get really cool right now. They do get really cool. <laughs> she also uh, basically Im- immediately um, manages to get a very dangerous man's ship burned down. Um, because she diagnoses somebody with smallpox when a bunch of people are around. And it's one of those moments where she's like, I'll be fine. And nobody but Jamie knows what the fuck she's talking about. And you're like, oh, it's smallpox. Because we know that she can't get smallpox. Vaccinations, really important. I don't know mm. if you know that. Um, but vaccinations, super important. Don't listen to anyone. Don't listen to Jenny McCarthy. They're really uh, important. Who would? But um, let's talk about what we talked about briefly before we got here. Murtaugh is the best. Oh, and he gets even better in episode two. So and we'll be talking more about Duncan LaCroix. Uh, Duncan LaCroix. Allison actually looked up Mr. LaCroix's IMDb page. And if you've been watching Outlander, you know that this guy is the fucking tits. He's great. And... All of a sudden, she looks him up, and she's like, he only has six credits before Outlander. How no, does this happen? No, six credits total, including Outlander. Including, oh, okay. Yeah. Dude, that's even better. He's got two as self. His two self credits. How did I'm this gonna happen? Authentic in design, the dresses and kilts of Outlander. And then drama reenactments of a documentary called The Ghosts of Duffy's Cut. And we need to see that. <laughs> we sure do. Anyway, Duncan LaCroix. And how tall is he? He is six foot two. So... Let's think about when you're watching a scene that has both Murtaugh and Jamie in it and they're standing next to each other and Jamie looks like he's about 10 feet tall and Murtaugh looks like he's probably about six feet tall. We looked up Sam Huon's height and he's really only like an inch taller. Like an inch taller. So they're putting somebody on a box or putting somebody in a trough. I just Hmm. need that to be noted. He's a tall guy. They're all tall. Anyway, Murta gets his big moment in the sun in the next episode, but mm-hmm. um, but it's but we know now that the three of them are sort of all working together. That's right to stop uh, Culloden from happening specifically, and, and they're all the way, living together in the wine merchant's house. Uh, yes. yes, yeah, except for Jared, who's off doing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, um, the day after the second episode aired. And um, that day, yesterday, was, did I say 270th, Julie? 270th anniversary of it was the April 16th, 1746, so that would have been 270. Yeah, of the Battle of Culloden, uh, which we obviously know Claire and Jamie failed to stop because it happened. It's in the history books, so obviously they failed. And our our natty Scotsman in his car at the beginning of the episode lets us know that the Brits won. Yeah, the Brits still won. So um, it was all for nothing, Claire. Oh, and then she yells and she's so upset. Seriously, I feel really bad for that good Samaritan. I bet he never picked up another strange woman on the road ever. Mm-mm. Or at least not one wearing like 17th century period yeah, gear. Yeah, just really. Can you imagine how freaked out you'd be? You're just trying to do a good deed. Renaissance fair is 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can't even go anymore. No. He can't even enjoy a turkey all, leg. He, all he wanted to do was drink some mold mead, and now he can't even enjoy that simple pleasure Watch, anymore. Watch some fake knights fight, yeah. and he's fucked. Uh, and what the really sad thing is that, is that he, was, he, had this, he had his dream job. He was all set to start work at Medieval Times, and then he had oh, to quit. Oh, shit. He had to quit because he was so scarred by his interaction with Claire. That's so upsetting. That, what, they don't have Medieval Times in the UK. That's like it's <laughs> That like would Tuesday. be just like, that wouldn't be Medieval Times. That would be like yesterday <laughs> yep mm-hmm. these buildings already all look this way these buildings have been here for 700 Ooh, years look oh, another whatever. ring of dick rocks <laughs> oh look there's another one. Oh, there's just one over the hill whatever uh well i'm a little bit surprised um that I, it is also happens in the books that they end up going to boston really quickly um but something julie pointed out to me earlier is that you think that claire would maybe like walk around and tap on some other dick rocks yeah, just like anytime she sees a rock is she just kind of like quietly reaching out and see. trying to touch it yeah just to see like and like again maybe this is pregnant she probably wants to make sure the baby will be safe and obviously she she's thinks jamie's dead or frank is keeping her away from all rocks like he straight up got her on an airplane immediately no rocks no rocks there are no rocks in boston um (laughs) it's a it's a city that's completely devoid of rocks or at least like six foot tall dick rocks and filled with bruins fans um so uh yeah so that's episode one is there do we have anything else to say about that one i thought it was a really great uh, re-entry point. I would say that um, based on my viewing of the first season and then this episode of the second season, this episode was definitely in my top five favorite episodes. Oh, it was great. Because the um, coming back was fun and also just getting back and re- remembering Frank and remembering that he's a normal person and and just Tobias Menzies' performance was astounding. Stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to touch base on a couple of things here at the end of every episode um this is an impulse i'm having now so i just decided let's do this if it sucks we won't do it again um so where what would we say on like a scale of uh i don't know two and a half men to game of thrones where does this fall in the costume design spectrum and they'll obviously always be really high but like costumes specifically this episode i'm gonna give it I'm going to give it a That 70s Show. Yeah, really great, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Her costumes obviously initially sort of refused to tie her to the new Scotland that she was in and then Mm -hmm. seemed to, when she got off the plane and all of a sudden she just looked lighter. Mm -hmm. Um, And when she looks in the mirror and before they leave and it kind of feels weirdly constricting like the first time she looked in a mirror in the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really cool and the costume design goes along with it. Um, I know that we're getting into the porn that's about to come for costumes but this was this was kind of a state episode but it was also the costumes told a story uh where does it fall on the bone ability scale Mm, no low no sorry because the minute you see frank's face when you wake up out of your coma or whatever it's like you clamp shut like no it's rough and he's a very handsome dude i'm gonna give it like uh on the bone ability uh, about schmidt (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back. I mean, like Jack Nicholson was definitely a guy that you'd want to bone, but you don't want to bone him in a bouchman. No, you, you know sure don't. No. Yeah, I mean, we do still get to see uh, Jamie showing his scarred back. To but that's Jaren. still not boneable. That's just yeah. awful. Yeah, mm. but he's got that hair. He does. I mean, he looks good. He's a dream. He's, he's a dreamboat. He's a dreamboat. But quit. I'm done with the back. I mean, we all know it's there. I know you have to use it to get people onto your side, but ooh, it's I'm rough. done. It's Not rough. boneable. Not boneable. No. Um, and where does it fall 
on the holy shit i need another one of these beers scale um i would say this falls into the uh rupaul season two finale yeah of i need another beer that's great that's great Mm -hmm. i would say that it falls into all of the americans um, ever all the episodes of the Americans <laughs> ever a, now is that that you need another beer or that you can't take time to open another beer oh no you I, for the Americans it's a situation where you have to have multiple beers with you because you're just not going to be able to pause but you absolutely need another drink right now I feel you yeah um so that's it for the episode for episode one please subscribe in iTunes and if you liked the show leave a little review I know all podcasts ask you to do that um but really we don't have any because it's our very first episode mm-hmm. so please do that um find us on twitter i'm at allison shoe julie has not started hers yet so i don't exist have to, it'll no happen. i don't exist i'm never gonna exist no, you, you guys can to. just hope for me you're an internet personality nope um just a voice in space. Just a voice uh, in you can also our our wonderful producer aaron who i want you to just imagine you know how you watch the ghostbusters trailer the lady ghostbusters and it's like great lady joke great lady joke great lady joke they're they're shooting stuff and they're slapping each other and it's all great and it's all wonderful and then chris hemsworth kicks down the door that's aaron that is aaron <laughs> aaron is our janine yeah um and it's the best yeah Maybe yeah take that. That's yeah <laughs> he's our he's our thornine thornine <laughs> Is that mm-hmm. is the Chris Hemsworth Janine Thornine? I agree. Yeah, does that work? I think that's good. I okay. think it works. Um, yeah. Great. Um, so yeah, subscribe, follow us, uh, check out Cantalgo Productions on Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, and look for episode two later this week, and then we'll be back to doing this on a weekly schedule so you can look for it not all that long after the episodes air. Thanks for listening and have a very, I don't know, Kiltney's day. I don't know. And please, if you see see someone walking down the street in period garb, just drive right by. Just pick them up. No, No, pick them up. Take them to the hospital. Claire is is terrifying. She just needs somebody to help her. All right, that's it. And we're going. Bye. (laughs)